welcome to Campus Beat. From March 9th through 11th, Queen's University hosted the 16th Annual Inquiry at Queen's Conference this year via Zoom with a keynote delivered by Dr. Asha Veradarajan from the Department of English, who was awarded the Queen's Promoting Student Inquiry Teaching Award in 2021. In this segment, we have the pleasure of welcoming one of Dr. Vera Derijan's English 421 students, Sydney Fowler, a top presenter at this year's Inquiry at Queen's Conference, to chat about their inquiry-based research and their presentation. Welcome, Sydney. Hello, thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your program, and your courses this year. Um, so I'm in my fourth year of the English program here at Queen's. Um, I'm also in concurrent education. So this conference was very like a very good opportunity for me to examine teaching and learning opportunities as I would like to like pursue a uh, career in education one day. And what drew you to Dr. Vera Derijan's course specifically? Um, so I was really attracted to Dr. V's um, course because... It was kind of an interesting course that wasn't necessarily rooted in like strictly traditional ways of learning. There were definitely some like aspects. We looked at adaptations, for example, and looked at how those would um, challenge traditional ways of learning. And the creative project at the end um, was really interesting to engage with because I got to not only show like this traditional way of uh, presenting an essay, for example, but I got to try out some new things and really show my learning through this creative process. Great. Now, now tell us about your inquiry-based research on Ophelia, what you presented on from the Shakespearean play Hamlet, and what attracted you to the topic overall? Yeah, so um, my presentation was just like more generally about the representation of women in Shakespeare. So in my rap, I take on the personality of Ophelia and I used cues and lines from within the text to kind of spin the narrative and um, better represent Ophelia to what I feel that she is actually truly like. Um, so this was kind of inspired from like I've studied Hamlet numerous times throughout high school and in a practicum that I've completed through my education degree and um, again in this course. And I was always just drawn to the fact that so many people have so much pity for this frail and fragile Ophelia, but I felt that there were so many times when she expressed agency and we just ignore it. So I really wanted to highlight that in my presentation, in my rap, and um, kind of give a new spin to uh, the fair Ophelia. Thank you. Now let's let's dig a little deeper. What are the main arguments your paper and presentation make regarding Ophelia, the role of women in Shakespeare plays, and combating the literary canon through performance? Yeah, so my rap, um, it's very performative rap. It, um, so I take on uh, the character of Ophelia and I use, for example, um, in act one, for example, Ophelia is speaking to her brother and kind of calls him out on this double standard. Why are you allowed to do things, but I cannot. So in my rap, I take some of my lines and I um, kind of call out her brother in the rap as well. And I also mention, for example, um, so another thing that I wanted to touch on in my rap was um, Ophelia is mad in quotations, she's mad and she hands out flowers and each of those flowers have a hidden, hidden meaning that kind of expose a character. So she hands a Columbine flower to Claudius, which would have been known to represent um, infidelity among other things. And so in my rap, I uh, bring that up as well to kind of show, um, I know what I was doing as well as Hamlet did. There was method in my madness too. So I wanted to kind of use like examples from within the text and kind of just spin them around, adapt them in order to make a point that um, just because 
we always look at Ophelia and we pity her, we feel bad, um, but we should see her as a character with agency just as much as we see Hamlet. And how does your inquiry-based research challenge and change the way we approach Shakespeare? So I think, um, I guess I'm always a little bit bothered by the fact that when we approach the canon, we always view um, the way that women are presented, they're codependent on male figures, they're always perceived as a little bit more emotional, they're perceived as inept. And I think that when we go back and we revisit these things from a modern perspective, it, uh, it kind of perpetuates this lens and makes us continuously believe these things. So I think that by going back and kind of searching for these little moments of agency and these little narratives that kind of change the way that we can view it, I think it's a very helpful way to um, approach the canon and to learn about it today. And how do you think you might mobilize this research moving forward in your con, in your con ed program and beyond? Yeah, so um, I think I really learned a lot about myself as a student and as a teacher. I think um, it was very effective for me to learn about how we can incorporate um, creative projects and the creative process into academics. Um, I've always been quite a creative person, so um, I just never really felt that I was able to engage my creativity in different like traditional style um, research projects. Um, so I think that moving forward, I've come out with a deeper understanding of how we can be more creative and really engage with material to make something creative and make something meaningful. Anything else to add, Sydney? No, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, folks. We've been chatting with Sydney Fowler, one of the top presenters at the 16th Annual Inquiry at Queen's Conference held in March 2022. Thanks for joining us, Sydney, and all the best for your future inquiries. Thank you very much. Welcome to CFRC. This is Arusha, and I'm here in the studio with Tara. Hi, Tara. Could you introduce yourself, what year you are in, what program you're here at Queen's? Sure, yeah. So my name is Tara Tamang. Um, I'm in my first year. Awesome. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to major, like the projected major is PBE, that stands for Politics, Philosophy, and Economics. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. That's pretty uh, cool. Why'd you choose that? Well, I just, I liked all of them. I was very interested in economics. I was very interested in, in politics and philosophy kind of just ties it all together. And I'm very indecisive. <laughs> so I think it suits me pretty well. Just, you know, That's fair just three, pretty much three majors into one degree. Um, and it suits me pretty well. But I like yeah. it so far. It's interesting. And so you are also part of CUPID, which is Queen's Project on International Development. Is that kind of tied in with your interests in politics as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the goal, like, my goals and my careers are kind of associated with global development work and international relations policy making types. Yeah. Stuff. So Cupid definitely aligns with that. Obviously, that's why I'm in politics and, and that in economics and all that. Um, but then Cupid kind of brings in that global element that I really like, and awesome. it definitely like aligns with what I want to do. In the definitely. Future. So, what's your role in Cupid? So I'm actually on the Youth Conference Committee. It's my first year. Um, there's like multiple different committees. Um, on, on Cupid. I won't bore you with the details, but that's one of them, and that's the youth conference, and we, we plan the uh, youth conference in March. Awesome. So could you tell us a little bit about what this youth conference is, how it works, what goes in yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's 
it's simple, but it's also not simple. The youth conference uh, typically is for high school students in Kingston. Um, so we, as much as we are Queen's University, you know, associated with Queen's University, this out outreach is more targeted towards Kingston youth. Um, so in the past, we've also had stuff done with elementary schools in Kingston. Wow. Um, this year, we focused a little bit more. Um, we called this year's a UniCon instead of okay. like YouthCon. Um, instead, just because we focused more towards university students. I mean, again, not to bore you with the specifics, but we found that high school students didn't really um, like resonate. Resonate, not even resonate, but just like the whole school board system was very still like careful and hesitant no. with COVID restrictions. That is fair. Yeah. And the university was more like, university students were definitely more eager to get out and to get active. Absolutely. So we targeted to more, more towards them um, this year, but it was still a, a great success. Definitely. Yeah. And you know what? I think YouthCon is a great opportunity to, you know, just start that development discussion early on. Normally, we only get to start those discussions once we're in university. So giving yeah. like high school youth and even as you said, elementary school students just a chance to start those discussions at such a young age. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to join because I think that like educating our, our youth and, and you know that coming generations is so important and starting that conversation at a young age is so important because it allows them time to formulate their own opinions and to formulate unbiased views of the world right if you're like growing up and, and with your parents or in a specific household you kind of have that view formulated of what your parents think or you know if you're rebellious and the opposite of what your parents think exactly, yeah. right and so you kind of want to just have time to figure out what, what your own view is. Exactly. And you know, it really teaches us how to think for ourselves. It teaches us how to even get that information that we have no access to. It's Absolutely. a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah. I mean, so, oh, sorry. no, go yeah. for it. I mean, one of even like you were, you were there, one of the um, activities we had was literally like a discussion and case study of like yeah. doing research and formulating your opinion on was this country's, you know, protocol a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Why was it good? Why was it bad? What do you think? And it was just like you said, formulating those opinions. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it gives them the chance to kind of like get both sides and decide what they think is better. Absolutely. Do you yeah. want to tell us what this year's topic was and how sure. we came to that decision? Yeah, I kind of like segued into that um, yeah. <laughs> accidentally. But so this year's topic was kind of about the name was like such a working title in progress, okay. but I think it was bounced back from COVID or something. And it centralized around, you know, different either smaller groups or organizations or, or countries um, in the global south and how they dealt with COVID okay. and how COVID has affected them. Um, so when I say smaller groups, I can I mean different identities, different social groups. We can talk about gender, we can talk about race. Um, we can also talk about um, NGOs and how NGOs like bounce back from COVID and how they affected NGOs. And we can also talk about different countries and how the different countries' policies um, incorporated, incorporated uh, different COVID policies, how that works for them, what kind mm -hmm. of you know governance, so on and so forth. Um, so that was kind of the whole theme yeah. of, of the, the... Honestly, program. that's great because often we just kind of think of COVID as how we experienced it, right? And we don't really think about how other people experienced it, especially people in the global south or people of different genders or people of different races. Absolutely. So just giving kids that chance to kind of like see that mm -hmm. head on, that's awesome. So what was really in the conference? Were there any like workshops like you mentioned before? Anything else? For sure, yeah. There were, there were like... I want to say roughly equal parts workshops and equal parts guest speakers. Okay. Um, so we had four amazing guest speakers, one of which we actually flew in from the Netherlands, wow. which was amazing. He, he wrote a book actually about COVID and he talked more about how COVID affected like the economy and stuff mm -hmm. like that. He also has um, a couple of pieces in um, the environment that he touched on as well, okay. but he's, he teaches microeconomics at the London 
Institute of Economics. Like, yes, like yes. the actual school name. Wow. So yeah, so it's great. Great professor, really, really knowledgeable. And then we had one of our um, professors here at Queens come, and she focused more on the gendered lens of COVID. And then we also had a person talk about um, Ecuador specifically and how they um, bounced back from COVID and how that, you know, didn't how that did or didn't work uh, well. Um, and then we had our final speaker talked about NGOs and how and different NGOs bounce back from COVID and different things that they're doing differently going forward and all that stuff. Right, and yeah. what about the workshops? And so, uh, yeah, so I already mentioned that we had like a kind of case study workshop where each team was, or each table was, was given yeah. a country and they did research the country's protocols and COVID and was it successful, was it unsuccessful, what are some <laughs> good things, what are some bad things. Um, so on and so forth, and then we had another workshop, also based on uh, NGOs, but it was really, it was a little different from the speaker because the NGO workshop kind of focused on how are you going to, you know, work as an NGO and, and make okay. these changes in the world, and so it required a lot of budgeting as well, which is interesting for them. Yeah. And then our final workshop was more of just like a slideshow presentation. It was just a presentation about vaccine inequity. Okay. Um, COVID, and, I'm sorry, not COVID. Cupid had already done a workshop like that in the past year before a conference, and so we kind of just used that same one because we found it just really applied to uh, to the topic. So, so yeah. Wow, very cool. I think university students would have really benefited from like that, you know, holistic Absolutely. exposure to all those kind of topics. Absolutely. Can yeah, I, I ask why the YouthCon committee chose this topic, especially now that it's happening? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is so relevant. I know mm -hmm. that when it comes to global development work, you want to pick something that's relevant. I feel like people can connect more and relate more and, and want to do things that they feel like they can benefit from. Like if you pick something that no one really knew about or nothing, something that no one was really passionate about, it's it, there's the lack of connection, there's a lack of, of interest. Um, there's definitely, you know, curiosity, but it's, it's not more than that. Absolutely. Um, COVID specifically, I think that it's important, like you were touching on, um, how sometimes, you know, because we're handling COVID and there's changes in our life, we're kind of stuck thinking about that and, and not really focusing on like the other changes and the other effects that COVID has on, on the world around us. Um, or we're only seeing the outcomes of COVID. We're not mm -hmm. seeing like what has led to this. And then, uh, you know, like um, our speaker who talked about the economy talked about how like there were already, you know, of uh, these things happening. And our speaker who talked about gender was like, there's already this big gender gap and COVID just Amplified. Exactly, yeah. right? So it's like when you when you kind of take yourself out of the scenario, I mean, we're blessed enough to grow up in like a, the global north and mm -hmm. a little more privileged. Um, when you take yourself out of the scenario and you look at you know, the rest of the world, it's really eye-opening and I think it was a great opportunity and a great experience for, for everyone. Absolutely. I think um, what we were talking about earlier with like COVID fatigue being a thing at the conference, yeah. you know, I think that being so prevalent right now as well, everyone's kind of tired of hearing about COVID again and again in the news. And so just being able to be given that opportunity to talk about COVID in a new lens, in a yeah. proactive lens where we can actually learn what we can do and personally impact that. I think that's a great opportunity to, you know, combat COVID fatigue and make the change Absolutely. that we want to see. So how did you come to join this club as a first year? Show <laughs> my little story. Yeah, so, I mean, before I even, you know, came to Queens, we had this mm -hmm. university fair and, and stuff, and I you know, was flipping through the Queens handbook, and I already knew I really wanted to work in, in policymaking and um, in, in global development and international work, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I was, I was just looking through, like, many, like, hundreds of different clubs that 
Cupid, uh, not Cupid, oh my goodness, the Queen's, Queen's Nest. Nest. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I came across Cupid and I did some research and I, you know, found their website and looked at what they did and I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a little with my views. And so Clubs Fair came along in September and I found Cupid. And, and was that online this year? That was online this year. Okay. Yeah. So. And how did you find that different than if it were to be an in-person experience? I honestly can't tell you. I don't know. I haven't had, you know, like, in person. I had, like, in-person club fairs at high school, like, in high school, okay. which is, I don't think, really the same comparable. same as university. As, like, a, you know, that is fair. huge university, but I feel like it definitely would have been more enjoyable in person. I mean, even in the Cupid office, they had so many, like, goodies. Like, I saw, like, leftover yeah. goodies that they handed out. I was like, I would have loved to go. Yeah. Do you feel that your experience was impacted negatively with, like, you know, just queens in general because of COVID and being online? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think everyone's experience, no matter what they were doing, was, was a negative one. I think no yeah. one no one is sitting here being like, oh, I'm so happy. Like, that is true. You know, even, even if they prefer working online and everything, there were still definitely, like, negative setbacks to it. I personally don't, don't like it. I do like the at-home aspect. Like I do like how I find that um, it's, it's a lot easier to connect with people, a lot easier to be connected and join different conferences and Absolutely. connect with people all over the world. It was harder to do that before, obviously. Um, but no, I, I much prefer the, the in-person uh, scene. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you got to visit, you know, Cupid and get to still kind of get that in-person experience back. With yeah, that. it's actually GI Will Youth Conference was actually the first in-person event um, that. Um, I want to say that the AMS had in two or three years. Wow. Yeah, okay. something like that. And it was definitely the first. Well, technically, we had Collection with Cupid that was kind of in person, but it was like the first in person youth conference in three like years. Event conference. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. And how would you say with the turnout and like, you know, the engagement at the conference? Yeah, I mean, definitely not as much as we like anticipated or hoped for. Um, but the good thing, well, maybe not the good thing, but the interesting thing about university students is that you know they'll have, they'll have classes throughout the day but they'll come and stop by so they'll Absolutely. come in the morning stay for an hour or two and then leave and come back and go to class and, and come back so we had a lot of like like in and out kind of yeah. people i kind of liked it because we even shared our agenda on like our social media and so i guess people could even come in when they wanted, wanted to see to, the speaker yeah. or wanted to visit this workshop so I kind of, it was kind of like nice that way yeah you know even i was at the conference and i just noticed that like some of my friends were like yeah i'll drop by because i want to hear the speaker so i thought that was a really cool concept and that's not something that usually would have been the case no. you know if COVID hadn't come absolutely no yeah I, I don't think I don't think it'll be the case next year I really can't say yeah. like it may or may not be but yeah no definitely you know making the most out of situation and being positive so that was kind of cool so what would you say your overall end of year you know reflection is of being part of Cupid I loved it I loved yeah. the people the environment we have we have socials where like you could get better you get to know um upper years and stuff I mean I was you know, frosh baby so yeah. I don't I don't know too many people but mm. those socials are really fun now I have like friends in all different years yeah. and different programs and and stuff and it was just a great way to network and 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 meet with people like-minded as you are and and the club itself is just so it was beautifully run this year by Sandrine she did an amazing job and next year by Elliot is gonna be amazing I know it um, and so it's just a great environment I love it I feel like I can flourish in it I can't <laughs> wait to hear more if you had to say one thing to urge more students to you know check out Cupid or even get involved with Cupid what would you say I know you um, mentioned that it was a great opportunity to network maybe you could elaborate a bit more on that absolutely yeah I mean that being said like obviously I think that really any club here is a great opportunity to network it just mm -hmm. matters where your interests lie um, Cupid in general is just like a great way to get involved in the community we have done stuff in the past where we join with other clubs 
clubs, so okay. you get to know people in different clubs that way. And like we have many different events. And like I said at the beginning of this interview, there's many different committees on Cupid. So if you don't want to do youth conference, there is Collect Youth Cupid. There's the finance side, the sponsorship side, the marketing side. So there's something for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So even if you're not big into, let's say you don't really want to work in global development, but you're big into finance, like we still have like a whole finance director, and their huh. job is just really financially so so there's a vision for everyone um, to get involved and Cupid's like a very big you know club and even if you don't want to you know be a committee member or an exec or a director we still have general members to take on if you want to you know get some volunteer hours and stuff like that so that's awesome so how can students get involved do you have like um, you know an Instagram or something to reach out to where they can you know get more information yeah we have an Instagram and a Facebook we also are hiring right now currently hiring ends I think April but that's only for exec members. Um, committee member hiring will happen later on, like just after the exact hiring is fin- finished. Sorry, and then for first year students, obviously hi- not first year students. For other positions that we may have not been able to fill, we'll also have hiring for that in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. And lastly, just a little reflection on YouthCon. What would you say to the students to come check out next year's YouthCon? Um, I just want to. I don't even know. I just it's it's a good time. It's a, it's fun, and you learn so much. And even if you don't, if you can't stay the whole day, they come for a little bit. And and I always incentivize them by saying, you know, lunch is provided. There's snacks. There's prizes. <laughs> there's goodies. That you know, there's bringing your whole friend group. And I would have to say the Cupa t-shirts were one of my big favorite parts. Oh, they were cute. They were so cute. I like them a lot. Absolutely. Our design is cute. I like yeah. them. Yeah. So definitely then letting everyone know if you, you know, are interested in either global development or even if you're not interested in those things, but you want to be a part of one of Queen's biggest clubs Literally. on campus, yeah. you know, just come check it out. Go on their Instagram. What is their Instagram handle? It's just Cupid uh, Queens. Okay. Or is it awesome? Yeah, Cupid Queens. I think it is Cupid Queens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it Queens Cupid? No, no, no. It's Cupid one of those you can try either one and you'll find it yeah so awesome so yeah visit their instagram visit their website and then you'll have more information awesome well thank you for being in the studio today thanks for having me oh my goodness awesome this is arisha on cfrc 101.9 fm and i hope you all have a great night thanks